Hello and welcome to the Rob Burgess Show. I am of course your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 165th episode, a returning guest is Ash Burgess. First heard Ash Burgess on episodes 16, 26, 27, 39, 58, 63, 77, 86, 91, 100, 124, 130, 136, 142, 143, 148, 151, 154, and episode 82, which also featured fellow regular guest Jonathan Fowler of the podcast. Ash Burgess has a dusty degree in religious studies and an appetite for both high and low culture. She strives to celebrate the best of every season with her young children. Follow her on Instagram at ashburgess, all one word, and subscribe to her YouTube channel. And now on to the show. Well, welcome back to the Rob Burgess Show. Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited to have you back. Yes, and also happy Mother's Day, Amy. Yes, <laughs> I've said that several times today. <laughs> no, I know. I was just saying for your viewers, we are filming this on Mother's Day. Yes. Which I think is very appropriate because we're going to talk about a very mother-related topic. Are you feeling very motherly this Mother's Day? I'm feeling more motherly than ever. Wow. It's, uh, yeah, we've got quite a tale. I think, yes, I, I feel like this is probably our most exciting episode yes. yet. I mean, the last time we spoke, it was after we had found out that we were surprised by pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us, it did feel very surprising. For anyone who's interested in the details, we have that episode that we filmed. Mm-hmm. Or not filmed, but recorded. Mm-hmm. I also have a YouTube video that I filmed talking all about it. But to recap for anyone who's not familiar, we struggled through infertility for two years before we had our first child. Mm-hmm. With our second, we did get pregnant right away when we wanted to, but it was still you know, a process. So we definitely thought that when we were ready to expand our family, we would need to push for it mm-hmm. rather than have it just kind of occur you know, mm-hmm. naturally. I want to, I keep wanting to say spontaneously. That's not really, spontaneous is totally not the That makes word. me think of spontaneous human combustion. And <laughs> not exactly what's going on here. No, it's kind of the opposite. Of, no, if, it's like two people, yeah. not one. Um, but, no, I guess what I'm just saying is that, so last time we spoke, we were talking about how we felt so surprised to mm-hmm. be blessed with a surprise pregnancy when we didn't think that was something that could happen for us. Yes. Hashtag blessed. You have to include the hashtag, definitely. I know, absolutely. Yeah. So now we're back. Yes. With a story about an even more exciting surprise that has occurred in our lives. Yes. Um, you know, we only had one kind of situation to compare this to, so I think that colored how I was going into this because. Well, and and situate by situation, what you mean is how we thought that the birth was going to go yes, and what we thought, what we thought the outcome would be, how we thought it was going to go, how we thought it would progress. Because with our first, we had for medical reasons, a scheduled C-section. So I never even went into labor. Mm -hmm. I assume my labor would have, you know, come a few days after whenever we scheduled the C-section, who knows, we won't know. But, and then with our second, we had a VBAC, which, you know, was something that was really important to me. I really wanted to have the V back, and happily, we were, I was able to achieve that. So we were basing a lot of our expectations and plans for this birth based on what happened in our previous birth, which 
I thought that I would, while I was in labor at home, I definitely wanted to labor at home as long as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, because I really didn't want to go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. I am already someone who doesn't want to go to the hospital. Especially, like, yeah. Well, especially now, but I mean, even in general, like, mm -hmm. I have medical anxiety. Like, I don't, I don't like going to the doctor. I, like, I'll dread a doctor's appointment for weeks before it, as it approaches, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's under normal circumstances. But now, there's the added fear of, you know, getting exposed and getting sick. Yeah. You know, at the hospital or just the hospital being overwhelmed. Like, there are so many reasons why right now is not a time when... You want to go to the hospital and also just the changing practices or whatever as far as like what as a laboring or delivering mother you could even expect at the hospital as far as, you know, will your partner be allowed to come to the hospital with you? Mm -hmm. If they have to leave for any reason, will they be able to come back? And will you be able to have visitors? Will you be able to have the birth that you wanted and not... All of that was kind of up in the air as we approached our... Really, the timing of our due date was very bad as far as mm. the timeline of how the... Um, the peak of the... Uh, the peak of the crisis as crisis. far as... It was just starting to hit to the point where general, I think, society finally realized it was serious. Mm -hmm. But also, it was just at the point where I feel like the hospital is just struggling to deal with it and figure out what to do. So every time I would talk to them about what was going to be happening, it's a different answer. There's a different time. answer because it keeps changing and they're like afraid to tell you a solid answer because they know it might change. And of course I tried to be understanding of that because I, I knew that they were trying to do the best that they could, but it's also very frightening when it's like, we don't know what will happen if you somehow test positive. Mm -hmm. While you're here, we don't know. We think that as of right now, your husband can come with you to the birth. But there have been other places where they've said that no one can come to the birth. And, you know, as yeah. of right now, your kids and can't come to see you at the hospital. And no, you can't have any visitors or anything. And, you know, so it's just it's a changing thing where, you know, there's fear of, like, what if you end up having to give birth alone? That's a real or possibility and has happened. It ha it's happened to people during mm -hmm. this time period. Mm -hmm. What if you have to give birth alone? Or what if um, what if something happens and you end up being sick and then you end up being separated from your baby? Because that's also happened to people. Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of concerns going into it. But on top of which just our normal concerns about, you know, not really being thrilled about going to the hospital. Um, but... So there, so there was that, but otherwise we were mostly just planning to, you know, have a birth, I think, similar to the birth last time, which, mm -hmm. which we also did a podcast about, yes. you know, our, the birth of our second. So if anyone's interested in details, there's that. I also have a YouTube video about that, but, you know, just to give a brief recap, we had the VBAC, um, we did it, you know, or I keep saying we, but it really, it was me. Um, give yourself credit. I, I was going to give you all the credit. You know, well, I'm just saying, like, I mean, I don't know why I keep saying we. I guess it could mean me and our daughter, Emerald. You know, she was also part of the situation. You know, yes. she was living in me. She came out of me. That was She She was also doing things. Oh, she did She did work. Yeah. No, I'm sure it was a lot of work for the baby, too. People mm -hmm. don't ever talk about that, but I think being born probably is a lot of work for the baby. Absolutely. Like, as much as, as the laboring mother, you feel the contractions and everything, I'm sure it's a really... I don't know if the baby's in pain, but I'm sure it's like 
an intense and oh, maybe frightening yeah. experience for them. Oh, yeah. I mean, descending through the birth canal, like, that has to be, like, kind of, you know, incredible. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you don't really have words to, like, understand, you know, no one's telling you what's happening to you and you don't really maybe know what's what's going on. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, I digress. So what I'm getting at is that we are planning a similar birth to my prior VBAC in that we were going to try to labor at home as long as possible, mm-hmm. which in our prior birth was a very long time. Like I was in How like long from beginning to end. I mean, I feel like I was in labor for like five days, but most of that was five the, days. most of that. Okay. Most of that was the early stage of labor. So I remember, okay, I had a doctor's appointment on a How Friday. How is that different from Braxton Hicks? It's well, the, the difference is that one Braxton Hicks, if you change positions or like drink some water or something, they stop. Actual contractions, I think. You can drink as much water as you want. Yeah, they're just going to keep going. If it's a real contraction, I don't... I think unless they maybe give you like a shot of something in the hospital or something, I don't know if there's like a way to stop them. And even then, I think sometimes that doesn't work. I'm not totally clear on that. But I was having like very mild contractions for a long time. On, I, went, I had a doctor's appointment on a Friday. And... At that point, I had a non-stress test, so they were able to see that I was having contractions, but it was like they were barely noticeable to me mm-hmm. at that point. And then throughout the next few days, I was feeling just a little bit crampy, mm-hmm. but nothing like super serious. Things really got going on t- on Tuesday, and she was born on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. On Tuesday, we still we did a lot that day. We went to like... We went to a splash pad and our son mm-hmm. played. We went to Target and did some shopping. I made dinner. It took me two hours to make dinner because mm-hmm. I kept pausing because I was having a contraction. I would like, and so at that point it was like pretty serious labor. <laughs> I mean, I think if it takes you two hours to cook dinner because you keep having to pause what you're doing because you're having a contraction, that's pretty serious. I had the picture that I wanted to put up before the baby came and... I remember you helped me put the picture up and we had to stop halfway through because I, I was holding it that's so you I could use like. a level. But I was, I was like, a contraction hit, and I was afraid I was going to drop the picture on you. Mm-hmm. So these were, like, that was, at that point, I mean, those are serious contractions. Serious enough that you wanted to, like, I think you were thinking we should just head to the hospital. Yes, I wanted to speed away immediately. You wanted to, like, speed to the hospital. And finally, after you, like, kept being like, we need to speed to the hospital, I finally called and talked to the doctor on call. And after talking them through, you know, how I was feeling, what was going on, they said, you know, you could come to the hospital now if you want to, but, you know, you could also try to stay home, see if you can sleep through the night, take a hot shower, you know, see if you can make it through the night and come in in the morning. And that's what we ended up doing. So, as per my tradition, because the night before my C-section with our first, I watched the movie Clueless, which is my favorite movie. So, as per that tradition, I watched the movie Clueless that night. I could barely watch it, though, because I was in so much pain. Like, I was having, like, really intense mm-hmm. serious contractions all night at the point where how was, far apart were they during the night i don't know maybe seven minutes or something i mean do you remember i felt like it was like 10 yeah maybe it was 10 maybe i don't know maybe was that was 10. too long i don't know but. i don't i don't remember exactly i just remember that i was super uncomfortable and i could barely watch the movie yeah and we already had the person that was coming to watch our oldest son, you know, come to our house that that Tuesday night and stay the night, you know, in case we did have to speed away. Mm-hmm. We didn't end up having to speed away. We ended up leaving for the hospital. I think it was nine in the morning mm-hmm. when we finally like left our house. Mm-hmm. 
so we did make it through the night. I took a shower. I did my makeup, all the things that I was kind of planning to do. Mm -hmm. So that was what we were basing our timeline on, somewhat that experience. I hoped that my labor wouldn't be that drawn out. I wanted it to be a lot faster, but I still thought I'm going to labor at home as long as possible. I was planning to, when I went into labor, there was, I had a list of last minute things I was going to pack in my bag and things I was going to do. I was going to like pack some, I was going to slice fresh fruits and vegetables to take to the hospital as like a snack. Mm -hmm. I was going to do my makeup for the labor and delivery video where I want it to be, you know, attractively and tastefully laboring and delivering. In well-lit situations. Well-lit and well-angled to... Good backgrounds. Yeah, to show me attractively laboring and delivering and not too not much, you know... gory details. Yeah, not too many gory details. <laughs> there's a lot of pictures from our daughter's birth that we can't show anyone. Oh, but there's one that's really, really good, though. Yes, there's one that's amazing, and that picture almost makes it worthwhile. But I am sad that we don't have more of my upper body. <laughs> can, we, can we describe the picture, or is <laughs> no, that too much? Okay. <laughs> It's a good you picture. Just, picture. Just trust me, it's a good picture. It's a good picture that you will never ever see. <laughs> Personal use. But I was hoping for more upper body shots of me attractively laboring and delivering. Okay, but you have to understand my position here. How many times am I ever going to get to see that from that angle? Yeah, but how many times will I ever get to see my face and my torso <laughs> as I attractively labor and deliver? <laughs> attractively? Yes, attractively. Okay. So anyway, I'm not that good with Photoshop. <laughs> hey, <laughs> anyone would be like giving birth, taking like making some faces that maybe they wouldn't normally. Yes, but I think that you can film at the right moments to put together footage of yourself well, looking. If you film a lot, I'm sure you can come play with something. I just, I don't think you have to show every. You don't have to show your worst moments. <laughs> you just leave those on the cutting room yes. floor. Yes. Okay. Like, my thought was we would get to the hospital at a point where I was in labor, enough to be at the hospital, but not so much that we weren't able to get some tasteful shots before things got too intense. Okay. That's, kind of, that's, that's all I'm saying. I'm saying if I could do what that, give birth, I don't know that I would trust myself to look good during that at all. Well, now I know that for me that might not be a possibility, but that's, okay. that's, that's, that's kind of, yeah. Okay. All right. So anyway, um, that was kind of the previous experience we were working with going into mm -hmm. what we were planning for the birth. We were planning a pretty straightforward, quote unquote, natural hospital birth where I had I had kind of discussed the possibility of pain medicine with my doctor just because I was a little bit worried because like with this um, pandemic situation, they said now... Last time I labored in a tub for a long time at the hospital, and that yeah. was the thing that I think really yeah. allowed me to deal with the pain because I didn't get you know any pain kept medicine last time. They kept making me get out of the tub to be monitored. Well, well, well. Eventually, they made me get out because I was too hot, but. But, the, but that's but, when you were like, oh, this is... <laughs> yeah, that was when it was really good. But no, they kept making me get out to be monitored, yeah. which was something that I really hated. That was annoying. It was super annoying because the tub was like the only thing that I was like helping me to like hang on. I had to keep getting I out of the tub. I feel like the, the monitorings were useful. Like, I don't know. Maybe I they think, have to okay. do that. Well, and they do it more. The thing is that they normally they would monitor you, I think they said once an hour or something. But because it was a VBAC, they wanted to do it like every half hour or every 45 minutes or something like that. Anyway, because okay, the thing is with... 
with the monitoring, the risk with the VBAC is that your uterus will rupture. Mm -hmm. And apparently if your uterus starts to rupture, the baby will go into distress. So the best first first warning sign that they can get that the that your uterus is rupturing is that the baby would go into distress. So that's why they want to monitor you more. Mm-hmm. Which I mean is valid in the sense that if your uterus does rupture, mm-hmm. that's like a catastrophic life-threatening event. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, the chances of your uterus rupturing are actually very low. Mm-hmm. Like it's something like two percent. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that was annoying with, you know, being monitored at the hospital and all that. But, that. but we were basically planning for the same situation of a fairly natural labor and delivery in the hospital. I was thinking I might consider some pain medicine this time, though, because if I wasn't allowed to use the labor tub, because what I was saying is that they told me that they might not have the tubs available because they were worried about being able to clean them and sanitize them between people. <clears throat> and that made me really worried. And I was thinking, you know, I might end up getting the epidural or I had talked with my doctor about other options. And they said I could possibly do IV medicine, which I think would be, um, they said morphine in my case. Um, so that was something that I was considering. Although I was still hoping not to do that. I was considering it just because I feel like the pain but we were in of the first in the shower. Yes, they said we could go in the shower, but honestly, the shower doesn't sound as good to me. No. Well, just because, like, I remember, you know, with our second birth, I I could barely stand up. Like, I feel like even, like, on our way into the hospital, like, I feel like I could barely, like, walk into the hospital. Mm -hmm. So the idea of, like, standing in the shower did not sound very good to me. Like, Mm -hmm. it's very far second choice from being in, like, the whirlpool tub. Mm Mm-hmm. But anyway, we were planning a similar situation where we were going to try to stay home as long as we thought we could, and we were going to go to the hospital. I was hoping that things would move along more quickly in the sense that my ideal was that we were going to get to the hospital and then, you know, give birth like an hour later or something mm-hmm. and not be there for a long time. Like, I wanted to spend as little time as possible at the hospital, but we were still planning the basic timeline of laboring at home, going to the hospital having the baby, you know, all that. So, so picking back up <laughs> with our with our current situation, our your due date was April 26th. Yes. And I was really hoping and that was a Sunday. Yes. So I was really hoping that I would have the baby that weekend. You really and to preface this, you had a doctor's appointment on Monday. I had a doctor's appointment scheduled for, was it t- Monday or was it Tuesday? I think it was Tuesday. That my appointment it was, was yes, yeah, sorry, Tuesday. I had an appointment scheduled for Tuesday, and I was feeling really nervous about my appointment because mm-hmm. if I went to the appointment on Tuesday, it would mean, obviously, that I hadn't had the baby yet, which is pretty likely because, I mean, not that many people necessarily have the baby, you know, on or by their due date. A lot of people go overdue. But I hate the feeling of pressure that I feel like starts to mount as soon as you are overdue. It just, it seems to me like there imme- there's this immediate pressure of we want to check everything really carefully to make sure that you and the baby are in great health. Which, I mean, I mean that's obviously very valid. But it's still, there's this pressure of, like, you're on the clock. Like, I definitely felt that mounting pressure of, like... Mm-hmm. Because I really wanted to just go into labor and have the baby. 
I didn't want to get to the point where I was overdue enough that they start talking about should we schedule an induction or what's going to happen or I hate the feeling of like you have to like take these next steps. So I was feeling like I just really want to have the baby so then I don't have to worry about this anymore. Mm-hmm. Can you say no? To an induction? Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, technically you can say no to anything. I think... They can say they won't treat you also. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky situation because, yes, I mean, you obviously... It's not like they It's can, your body. It's still. not like they can kidnap you and force you into the hospital to do the induction. But most doctors do have rules about how long they'll let you go, and that's somewhat influenced by your overall condition. Mm-hmm. So, like, my doctor's office said that, like, generally, if you make it to 41 weeks, they then want to schedule an induction. Mm-hmm. But they also, as soon as you pass your due date, and I'm also, you know, I'm also technically a geriatric pregnancy. It's such a, it's a harsh term. It is a really harsh term, and I, I think they should change that, too, because I feel like so many women are having babies in their 30s or their mid-30s. And that doesn't not, even mean what it meant. When no, like, our, when I see geriatric pregnancy, I, like, I imagine I'm, like, I'm, like... The a miracle TV, of science happened yes, today. Yes, or, like, the, the, the thing I saw on TV once where a woman was the surrogate for her own mm-hmm. daughter, so she she was, like, the grandmother, but right. she carried the pregnancy even though she was, like, 60 years old or something. Oh, wow. That's what I think when I think, like, geriatric pregnancy. But anyway, <laughs> technically, technically so after harsh. the age of 35, they consider you to be, like, an old person pregnancy, and I'm 35... So that contributes to the situation mm-hmm. of them being, like, more concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a V-back, so they're more concerned. You know what I mean? There's, so there's different issues that contribute to them being more cautious. Mm-hmm. If I was, like, 22 and had, like, had one successful delivery or something, I feel like they'd be, like, a little bit less, like, picky. But I feel like with being a V-back and with me being in my 30s instead of my 20s, it's like they're more, you know, mm-hmm. they're a little bit more, like, cautious in that they want to, as soon as you pass your due date, they want to do a non-stress test and make sure the baby's fine. They want to, like, do an ultrasound. Do you think they're just looking for excuses to, like, say that you have to do it? Maybe. I mean, I think it depends on the doctor. You know what I mean? Like, if if a job wants to fire somebody, but they don't have, like, a good reason, they'll just, like, start scrutinizing them, and it's like, you came in five minutes I late think, yesterday. And, I think it depends. I mean? like, <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. I, I do think it depends a lot on the doctor. Because your blood pressure's kind of high, Ash. Well, the thing is, too, that the, the doctors that I was seeing, um, the way that the doctor's office works, it's a group. Mm-hmm. So you don't really have an individual doctor. Like, you rotate through all the different doctors. Mm -hmm. And the reason I picked them is that they were one of the few groups of doctors that I could find where they were all okay with doing a VBAC. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of them, there will be doctors that will do a VBAC, but then there's other doctors that won't. And then if the other doctor's on call, you can't have your VBAC. And I wasn't willing to take that kind of chance. Mm -hmm. So one of the reasons I picked this doctor's office is that I wanted the doctors that were all fine with that. Yeah. Because I do feel like there are some doctors that really want to, like, push you into a C-section. Because it's easier for them. They can schedule it and they make more money off of it. Mm-hmm. But but I do feel like being in the situation where you rotate through doctors, different doctors, even in the doctor's office, have different approaches. Because mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, there were some doctors that I talked to that were like, you know, we'll just have to see, you know, 
how you're doing. And other doctors are like, we should talk about next steps if you haven't had the baby by Monday or whatever. You know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. I, it really depends. But it's still, it's just a stressful situation that I didn't really want to be in. Yes. So anyway, it's Sunday. You haven't had the baby. We go on a very long walk. Okay. So yeah, I figured, you know, that couldn't hurt to like shake the baby loose a little bit. Yeah. Plus, um, I wanted to get outside anyway to take some pictures, which we did. Very which I'm glad. really happy that we took those pictures. Really, really couldn't have waited any longer. <laughs> really getting in there. But that's really cool. I, I, I'm excited that we have pictures of like literally the pregnantist that I was. Mere hours. Yeah. <laughs> so we took a walk and I was actually feeling kind of down. Because mm-hmm. I was feeling like, even though I had no reason to actually think that I would somehow have the baby on my due date or maybe before... I was just, I was feeling discouraged. Were you having any contractions at that point? Well, in retrospect, I mean, I maybe I must have been, but not. I don't really think so, no. Not that you noticed at the I time. didn't notice any contractions. I mean, I had noticed for like the last couple weeks random contractions, but I think those were more just Braxton Hicks because those were just like the comes and goes. But if you get so close to your due date, is Braxton Hicks not a thing anymore? I don't, no, I think it could still be a it thing. Still I mean, as long as nothing, time. as long as the contractions aren't like doing anything. And they, or, like, picking up speed. Well, because there was that night, was it two nights before, maybe, when I told you I was having contractions? Yeah, because yeah, there was a couple nights before I was having contractions. But then it just, like, seemed to stop. But, yeah, it just, like, it was for several hours, though, I was having them enough that I felt fairly optimistic. <laughs> like, I thought, I thought, you know, this could really be the beginning of labor. Like, I was having contractions. They seemed like they, you know, they kept happening. And it, I felt like, you know, this is happening. And then it, they just kind of evaporated, you know, they just disappeared. So I thought, okay, well, that was just, you know, a false alarm or whatever. But yeah, no, that day I felt a little bit crampy. Mm-hmm. So I guess those could have been just very light early contractions. But honestly, I had felt that kind of cramping with all my pregnancies at various points all the way through. And so to me, that was just the feeling of being super pregnant and like, you know, I feel like when you're nine months pregnant, like when you're like literally like the pregnantist, it's the one time in your life when you can, without feeling bad about it, describe yourself as lumbering. Like, I feel like I like lumbered along on our walk. Like I really yes. it was going slow. You know what I mean? Yes. So I felt like, you know, as pregnant as a pregnant person can be. <laughs> exactly. So the amount of like, the amount of like crampiness that I was feeling to me was on par with just being so pregnant that you kind of slowly lumber on your evening walk, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, oh, I might be very far for... Yeah, we walked pretty far, but still, I didn't feel like it was like... I I did not think I was in labor. In fact, I texted updates, too, because a couple people, like, knew that it was my due date and so texted to check on me and see Mm -hmm. how I was doing. And a couple other people I texted just to be like, you know... Um... Just to kind of update them and be like, yeah, no baby yet. Doesn't, you know, no sign that she's coming. Like, basically, like, I literally, like, texted, like, probably, like, five people to be like, yeah, it doesn't seem like the baby's going to be showing up anytime soon, you know? Um, and then I, I was I was feeling discouraged. I don't know why I was feeling so discouraged when I wasn't even like I was overdue. It was just, like, my due date, and I just... There's one detail we kind of forgot to mention, which is the thing you found while we were on our walk. Oh, I found a four-leaf clover. And it was giant, too. It's huge. Like, it was so giant, I almost wonder if it was, like, genetically altered or something. Like, it was enormous. Yeah, it was insane. 
Like, it was, like, almost, like, the size of, like, a person's hand or something. Oh, yeah. Like, it was a really big four-leaf clover. It was like really catcher's exciting. mitt. Yeah. It not big, but... It was big. It was, it, was, significant. It, was, it was a significant clover. It's the biggest one I've ever found. Yeah. But anyway, so, you know, I was... So, to answer your question, no, I did not think that I was having contractions yeah. or in labor at all, and I felt discouraged about it, and so... Then you made tacos, right? Or was that the night before? Um, it was... It, which night was it that we had tacos? I think you might have made them that that night on Sunday. Did we? That's so funny. Well, because you, you had not, asked... Did, did you not realize that? I knew I made it that weekend, but I couldn't remember which day. We were going to make it Saturday, and I think you ended up making it Sunday night. Okay. That's really funny, because we had tacos. I um, we had ta- I made tacos. That was Tacos were the meal that took me two hours to cook when I was in labor with Emerald. But this time I made tacos because... And we hung some pictures, as I remember. But the pictures I wanted to hang because... Well, I was planning to labor in our tub for a few hours while, you know, while we, you know, while we were slowly laboring at home so we didn't have to, you know, go to the hospital too soon. I was planning to labor in our tub mm-hmm. for a while. And I wanted to labor in, like, a tastefully decorated room. So I think the part of your brain that where the picture hanging lives and where like here comes the baby soon. <laughs> I think they rub it. I think they like vibrate against each other. It's just that <laughs> I am more comfortable when things look the way I want them to look. And then things can commence. Yes. And so I knew I would be more comfortable laboring at home if and I was laboring and, yeah. in a tastefully decorated bathroom. So I. There were some pictures that I've been meaning to hang mm-hmm. since we moved in here, and yes. I got them hung a few days. That was a few days before that I yes. got, that, got that done. I mean, you were also were kind of bummed because you didn't want to go to your doctor's appointment. As you yeah, said. I think that was the thing, is that the weekend was coming to a conclusion. So it was already like I had like a case of the Sundays. Mm-hmm. Like the, I think the Sunday scariest is what some people call it. For sure. Where it's like you're kind of not looking for... I and I don't like to call it that because I like to be excited about what I like. I like to think about like... Not like, oh man, this week is coming up. I like to think about like what we get to do. Like we get to be alive and like do things the next week. But still, sometimes it is kind of a bummer when the weekend comes to an end. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was definitely feeling that like it's a bummer the weekend's coming to an end, and I have this looming doctor's appointment that I don't want to go to. Mm-hmm. So I was like feeling kind of blah. I stayed up kind of late. Mm-hmm. I like had a cup of tea and a snack. Mm-hmm. And I was like watching YouTube videos, mm-hmm. and then I went to bed around midnight, maybe like twelve thirty. Mm-hmm. And then at what did you say, one fifteen? Well, it was slightly before one fifteen that I woke up. It was one fifteen that I really realized that things were happening. That's is so, that when you woke me up? No, I woke you up maybe a half an hour after that. It's like one forty-five. Yeah, probably. Okay. Well, well, let's back up to what happened. Right. <laughs> you know, at one fifteen or right, right before. So, so, so I went to bed. You're asleep for forty-five minutes. Maybe. And then I was awoken by a sharp pain, like a pain you know acute enough that it woke me up from being asleep. Mm-hmm. And it was pain, and I thought, you know, huh, that's weird. I didn't immediately think I must be in labor, mm-hmm. because. I've had sharp pains before when pregnant, like sometimes just like rolling from one side to the other and it's like, I don't know, like your placenta gets like, tw- not twisted, but like, mm. you know, your body feels weird when you're pregnant and sometimes like, sometimes sure. in the night if you shift positions you feel a pain. So being awoken and not knowing what had preceded the pain, I kind of just thought, you know, a pain. And I went back to sleep and then I was awoken by the pain again. And so then, and that's when I thought, you know, this 
could be like the start of something. Just the beginning. How far apart were these at this point? Well, at that point, I didn't know because I had felt one and I had gone back to sleep and then felt another. So I had no idea how long was it was between the first one and the second. How when you started timing? When I started timing, so I started timing at one fifteen because I had my phone on my bedside table. Mm -hmm. So I picked up my phone and I wrote down what time it was. Probably at the second one was one fifteen because that was when I thought you know I should probably start timing these and see what's happening. Mm So I. Because it seemed like they came. I think that well, when I started timing them, it basically seemed to me like they were already five minutes apart. Which I think was, by the time you had me look at that list, I was I was like, oh. <laughs> I, I, I was like, these are very close. <laughs> well, that was the thing is that okay, so at one fifteen, so like the second contraction, I started timing them. And then after I'd written down a few, I was looking at it and I was like, these are like incredibly close together. Like, so that's when I woke you up. Okay. You woke me up. Honestly, okay, you wake me up. Here's what I'm thinking. I was ready to go back to sleep, to be honest. No, I I know that. You don't have to be honest about it. Like, I knew that you were ready to go back to sleep. So I wake you up at 1.45 and I said, um, I... You know, I, th- I think I'm really in labor. Like, I'm having contractions. I'm going to go take a bath. And, like, and part of me was like, okay. Yeah, no. I was like, I'm going to go take a bath. And I kind yeah, of maybe. I kind of thought, you know, there's a possibility that I'll take the bath and, like, the contractions will stop or something. You know what I mean? Or if this is labor, like we said, you know, my plan was to labor in the tub at home for a long time. So either way, I was like, I'm going to take a bath. So I went to take the bath. I was only in the – I was not in the bath very long. Because I kept having like really intense contractions. Like these were like really intense, and they were different than the contractions that I had than I had with Emerald. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, like I said, I think I mentioned before that I had back labor with her, so that was like pain sort of radiating through through from your back, and I didn't feel like. Once the contractions with her got super intense, I didn't feel like there was a break between them. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was just kind of like, like the imagery that I would use is like, you've, you've seen surely imagery of like a boat on a rocky cliff and like the waves are crashing into the boat and the boat is just being like rammed repeatedly, mm-hmm. you know, against the cliff and there's kind of no respite for the boat. Mm-hmm. That was how I felt when I was having really intense back labor, you know, right, you know, in the last probably day before we had Emerald. Mm-hmm. These were different in that there was a, I think these were more traditional contractions, mm-hmm. like, I guess, front, contract, front labor, like just regular, just, just regular labor. labor. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just searching for another word for them. But these were, <laughs> I think, more traditional contractions in mm-hmm. the sense that there was a break between them. Mm-hmm. And like, I would feel the contraction coming on and I would feel it going and I would feel it you know while it was happening but while they were happening and they were happening very frequently they were incredibly intense and the frequency was really what got to me so I was only in the tub I think through a couple contractions before I was like okay this is happening really really fast so I got out and I woke you up and I I remember feeling like a little bit annoyed because you were like back to sleep and I woke you up, and I could tell that you were annoyed that I was, like, waking you up. But I was, like, 
you need to like call the person that's coming to watch our kids because you know I think this is like really happening mm -hmm. and I need you to help me time these to like see if I'm like because I almost thought like maybe I'm like delusionally thinking these are closer together than they really are like even though I was writing it down I just was like it was happening so fast but in my defense I thought we had more time yeah so did I but that's why I but that's why when I began to think we didn't have more time I was like almost didn't believe it that's why mm -hmm. I, that's why I asked you to help me like because I asked you to come back with me to the bathroom because I wanted to get back in the tub but I wanted you to time the contractions because that I like, time it was believe like... that Four minutes apart, maybe? Yeah, but this wasn't Three. like a long time later. This was like just minutes. No, this is like, this, when, like this is when I started timing. But was it like two o'clock or something? Like it wasn't even like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like not that much time had passed, but somehow it things was. Things were moving. Things were moving right very along. quickly. So. I was like in. So I was just, you know, in the tub and we called the person that was going to come and watch our kids, but they live about two hours away. Mm-hmm. So also, it's like the middle of the night, and they're like, "Do I have time to shower?" Okay. Well, that's the thing is that when they asked if they had time to shower, I thought about it for a minute. And I was like, "Maybe," but what I actually meant by that was honestly, at that moment, I think I knew that they were not going to be there in time. <laughs> so I kind of meant maybe in the sense that like it doesn't really matter whether you shower or not. <laughs> You're not going to get here. I don't, and I don't. At that point, I hadn't actually said that out loud to you. Mm -hmm. So I think we were still working off of the idea that we were going to be going. So did you to the like <laughs> consciously think that something other than a hospital birth was in store for us? Not going into this, but I think I think at the at moment, that moment when you said that at the moment when I said maybe to the question of do you have time for shower? I know. No, what I'm saying is at that moment I think I actually knew that we weren't going to the hospital. Like, at that moment, I think, when I thought about because I thought about it for a second before I answered, do I think that they have time to shower? And what I honestly concluded was, like, it doesn't matter whether they shower or not. I don't think they have time. <laughs> like, even if they don't shower, I don't think they have time to get here, so they might as well. They might as well shower, because, sure. like, either way. Shower it, it was like, either way, it's not actually going to be happening. Brush your teeth. <laughs> yeah, and that's no, you know, that's just, you know, so the, I think that was the moment when I, in my mind, calculated out how fast it felt like things were happening and thought to myself, we're not going to make it to the hospital. I didn't say that to you. <laughs> because we were still, we were still, I mean, the only plan that we had was the plan that included us going to the hospital. So I think we were both sort of committed to just staying on that track. Mm-hmm. So you were, like, loading up the car. Oh, yeah, I had bags that were going out to the car. And you, you and were like, I don't even know what you were doing out here. Whatever, whatever it was that you were doing. I mean, this is your, this is your part of the story. What were you doing out here? <laughs> it all happened so fast. Um, no, I was just putting stuff in the car. I had cleaned the car out the day before. There was a spare tire that was needed to be placed back inside the wheel well. Uh, I think... He, I think our son got our son up had at woken one point, up. so I think I invited he, him to start watching a movie. Yeah, I think you put, you put, was it Monsters University? Yes, which is like one of his favorite movies. Yeah, which, which normally if he wakes up in the night, we like take him back to bed. Normally we don't say, you know, you can sit in the living room and watch Monsters University. So. Yeah, but, he, but I was like, hey, do you want to watch a movie? He's like, yeah. I was like, that <laughs> yeah. never happens. Of course he wants to watch a movie. So he like starts watching a movie, and then 
you start making some sounds that kind of like told me that well, okay. I, I think that's the moment I was like, I didn't know, I didn't think all the the next steps all the way through to what would to like we're not going happen. to the hospital, but, but you I just like, knew that things wow. were progressing. Well, because you said okay, that you said that like the last serious. time you heard me make sounds like that was when we were about to have our daughter. Yes, our first daughter. Yes. Um, yeah, no, and so going back to my side of the story, so yeah I, I was making some sounds i mean i think there's a there's a point in labor where you just gotta do what you need to do mm-hmm. and th- and that goes back to what i'm what i was saying earlier i think about how i've concluded that tragically even if i had had time to do all the things that i planned to do where i was going to like do my makeup and everything so i could get footage of myself tastefully laboring i'm not certain that i'm ever going to get footage like that because even if i was able to do my makeup while i was in labor and like set up the camera once the labor really gets going i'm just not sure if it's like going to be a tasteful experience for me (laughs) maybe the difference here is that most of the videos that i showed you were people that got like an epidural so they're more like sweating and their husband is like they're like their husband is like mopping the brow you know their brow and like i bet they're a little more serene yeah, I mean, I think that they were still experiencing, you know, a very intense situation. Not like Morticia Adams or anything, but... But I would say that my experience of labor pain without medica- without pain medicine is that it's beyond anything that I had ever previously... Like, having experienced pain of other kinds previously mm-hmm. in my life, I would say that labor pain is far beyond any other sort of pain that I've experienced. And... I don't think it's possible to fully describe or imagine unless it is like happening to you. That's just my experience. I know different people have different experiences. Like some people experience it as being yeah. not as painful, and I some people say, actually experience it as being more painful. Yes, I would. I would. I would say, as an observer, someone who's never experienced this pain, uh, I would. I would say the word animalistic definitely figures well, into it. Very animalistic. Even I would even say. That like there's some I've never felt more get. I've never felt more like an animal or thought more about the fact that people are just animals mm-hmm. than I have while laboring or while contemplating what it was like to be laboring. Like, well, I do think that our son was thing, worried. <laughs> yeah, our son was worried, and, I, and that was one thing is that even though I was in this very animalistic, you know, primal state. I was still conscious of the fact, like, I knew he was out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd heard him woken up, and you told me that he was watching the movie. I was worried that he was going to be worried. Mm-hmm. But I also, there wasn't anything I could do about it. No, I don't think you can think about that thing. Kind of it was the kind of thing where I was worried about it, but I also wasn't really able to, like, mitigate the situation. No. Um, but, I, but I do think it's very animalistic. I mean, if you've ever seen, if you've ever seen an animal giving birth... And then you've ever given birth, you will feel like you have a certain kinship with every other animal that's given birth. Like there, there are similarities to like there are similarities to what I've experienced physically, and then what I've seen other animals experiencing. Mm-hmm. I will say something something that I think that is of note, it, as far as my experience of this is that even though we were planning a hospital birth. I've actually, I've attended a home birth before, like, as a child, like, I saw my sister born. So I've seen a person born, born before. But you... And I was, 
you know, well, but, but I guess what I'm saying is that I think that the situation would have been frightening in a way that it wasn't to me if I had never seen anyone give birth or given birth myself. Mm-hmm. But luckily, I had previously given birth, so I had some baseline to know what that experience was like. Therefore, I could probably know if it was going significantly worse than a previous time. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if I had not given birth before, and then I found myself in a situation where I was giving birth without any sort of a skilled attendant, I wouldn't know if what I was experiencing was an acceptable amount of pain or if, you know, this was a sign that I was dying or something. So I'm saying, I think, fortunately, I'd given birth before. Also, fortunately... I've seen people give birth before, mm-hmm. and I've seen animals give birth before. I think that gave, gave me a good baseline. I've also read a little bit about birthing and home birth, because even though we had decided on a hospital birth, I've been interested in home birth, and I, so I've read you know a little bit about it before, and I think that that prepared me in some ways, which we can get into you know as we, as we talk more about what's going to happen next. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm, making, I'm making some sounds. As I was making the sounds, and now I realized that it didn't sound this melodic, but I kind of was envisioning, I was kind of envisioning sort of like, you know in Frozen 2, that like weird voice that (laughs) Queen Elsa hears calling her out into the wilderness? Into the unknown? Yes, I was kind of imagining something something along those lines. (sighs) Yes, we've watched that movie a lot recently. (sighs) Yeah. Um, there was definitely some melodious nature to the sounds you were making. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as I was, you know, as I was making the sounds. You seemed like you were tapping into something and and it was just kind of like coming forth and, yeah. So at that point you're like loading the car, I'm making noises. Our son is out here trying to watch Monsters University. Okay, so... Um, and then, do we want to go, I mean, I, I can tell you what I think happens next. Well, I mean, okay, so I think you realized maybe what was happening. Okay. And, so I, this is well, about... Oh, 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 there's, oh, there's a detail sorry. we almost forgot that I'm going to back up and share. Okay. So you had asked me, this was before I started making the noises. Before we were at the point where I'm, you know, in the tub making the noises. When I was, back when I was in the tub after you had called about, you know, somebody coming to watch our kids and also you had called the doctor's office. And told them, you know, that we were headed in as soon as somebody got there. Um, you had asked me to get out our birth plan. Yes. And because, you know, because there were certain things in our birth plan that I that I had wanted you to kind of review. Because there were some things that were important to me that I wanted you to kind of be in charge of making sure certain things happened or didn't mm-hmm. happen in a certain way. Because I kind of was like, I'll be busy. But you're, it's you're kind of your job to be, like, advocating for these certain things that we wanted, both for myself and for the baby. So anyway, you had asked me to get it out because I had it packed in my hospital stuff because you wanted to look look it over. Mm-hmm. So while you were loading up the car, I got out of the tub to get the birth plan out. I think that was really when I realized that things were absolutely serious because I thought, okay, at that point in my mind, I was like the contractions are five minutes apart, yet... In the time that it took me to get out of the tub and walk probably 10 feet to where my hospital bag was and dig out the birth plan from, like, where it was, I was hit by, like, another contraction. So that's definitely less than five minutes is what oh, I was yeah. thinking. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, and it was, like, was a like contraction that was, like, so intense that I, like, you know, I was, like, completely, like, floored by it. Like, I almost, like, wondered if I was going to make it back to the bathtub. And mm-hmm. in retrospect, I think that might be when my water started to break. Because at that moment, and this this is going to sound, like, super gross. This is, like, embarrassing. But I had, like, a little bit of liquid trickle down the side of my leg. But at the time, I kind of thought... Maybe that's my water starting to break, or maybe I've just slightly peed myself. And honestly, either one seemed just as plausible to me in that moment. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't really think that my water would break like that. Because with Emerald, our older daughter, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you remember how you said that when my water broke, it was like a gunshot. Yes. Like it was very loud and very sudden, I and heard like, it. and it all came out at once, and it yes. was very, it was unmistakable. So after that, I was like, "There's no mistaking it." Because funnily enough, I remember with Emerald when I was in labor, I wanted to take a bath, but I was afraid to because I was like, "What if my water breaks and I don't know it?" Mm-hmm. And then after I had her, I was like, "Oh, I shouldn't have been afraid. I would never have my water break and not know it." But then, and of course, you know, I, I've been proven wrong, yeah, right. but. But yeah, so I thought, you know, my, because my, yeah, it was like a shot and then all of it came rushing out all at once and it was very dramatic. Mm-hmm. So I assumed that was what it would be like this time. So I kind of thought, you know, no, I probably just, you know, mm-hmm. grossly, but I mean, I say grossly, but it's like I was in enough pain and having bad enough contractions that the idea of slightly peeing myself didn't seem like surprising or even that alarming. It was kind of like, well, that happened. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, like, a lot. It was just, like, a little bit of moisture. So I'm thinking maybe my water just started to leak at that moment. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I at that point, I got back in the tub and was thinking, like, okay. I was, like, barely able to complete that very simple task of getting something out of my bag. So, like, I knew at that point that I wasn't going to be able to do any of the things that I thought I was going to do, like, mm-hmm. preparing snacks and doing my makeup and, you know, let alone probably going to the hospital. So anyway, jumping back forward to, you know, shortly after, I think is probably when I started making the sounds. Mm-hmm. And then, at a certain point, so I'm sitting there in the tub, and at a certain point, I, I had been feeling, like, a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, obviously in, like, the lower uterine area. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> in sort of the birth canal area, would you say? Yeah, I would. You know, I would say that. Or would you pinpoint it there? Okay. So at a certain point, I remember um, thinking, like, I kind of feel like her head is just like right there between my legs. Okay, because I think was that was here's, that? Do you feel like before that was when you came in and you saw my stomach change shape? Here's what I remember. All right, so I'm loading the car. You get out to get the birth plan. I remember taking a picture of the birth plan, and then I came in and checked on you because you were making some pretty serious noises in the tub, and you, your entire... Was that when my torso changed shape? Yes. Okay, because... so so when that happened, I remember I heard a small, strange noise, and mm-hmm. I felt almost like a release, and right. I think that must have been when my water broke for yes. real, even yes. though at the time I didn't really think my water broke, I just thought, like, okay, she's, like, descending... Mm-hmm into the birth canal because yes my stomach changed shape like dramatically like before our eyes yeah like the lower pelvis definitely had a head type quality to the shaping of it all of a sudden and the, and the, and the upper part was like you know things had changed there was like a person outline basically there was like a person 
person putting on their goggles and their like little yes. like scarf. scarf. Yeah, like, yeah. Snoopy. Yes, I I, I don't know why I pictured them dressed in like a Snoopy outfit for descending into the Red Canal. Right. Yes, yeah. I don't know why I pictured that, but um, um, but yeah. So okay, that happened. And I think I went out one more time. And then you, even and then you went back out because I think so for I some like for some bag. reason we still thought we were going to the hospital. I don't know what I was thinking. I, I think I feel like we should have known that we were not going to the hospital by then. But I think for some reason we were. Just I still thought I had time. I think somehow. we just didn't have. I do remember thinking. Plans, so we were just. So I remember thinking. On. Okay, well her stomach is staying in shape. I don't know how she's going to get the seatbelt <laughs> yes. over that comfortably. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that's gonna work. <laughs> yeah, comfortably was not a word that was in my vocabulary so, at that time. Anyway, so I don't know. At a certain point, I think you can be so uncomfortable that there's really nothing worse that can happen to you. I don't know. But anyway, but anyway apparently, okay. I still thought that that so, a, a hospital visit was in our future. Yeah. So while you were outside, so this is where it gets real. While you were outside, mm-hmm. I was feeling like a lot of lower pressure to the point where I really thought to myself, like, I kind of just feel like her head is like coming out between my legs but part of me still even though I think at that point like I said I had a long time ago already kind of thought to myself we're not going to the hospital like back when I was like sure take a shower like I think I think I knew at the same time I still I didn't actually think her head was coming out because with Emerald our older daughter I remember I had been so concerned about as far as like what the pain of childbirth was going to be. I was so concerned that the main, the most painful part was going to be the pushing stage. Mm -hmm. And then that ended up not being true. I feel like the the contractions were much worse. The pushing wasn't really the most painful part, but I remember it was difficult. Like I remember with her when I was, I, I had felt an incredibly intense urge to push and then I pushed, but I remember feeling like it's like the feeling of you've hit a brick wall, like there's no give for a second. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really feel like the ring of fire. I just felt like there's no give. I've hit a wall. So I kind of thought there would be more work involved in getting the baby's head, you know, down and out. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wasn't expecting the top of her head to just kind of be there. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of cool because that was one thing I didn't do with Emerald is I didn't reach down and touch her head when it was coming out because... With her, I was laboring kind of on, like, I was, like, on all fours, kind of, like, on the hospital bed. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in this case, you know, I was in the tub, so I was, like, sitting in the bathtub. And I thought, you know, wow, that really feels like there could just be a head between my legs. So I reached down, sort of expecting to have it not actually be the case. Mm-hmm. Just because, I mean, that doesn't usually happen, that mm-hmm. there's a head between your legs suddenly. So I reached down, and... As soon as I reached down, I was like, yep, that's a head. Like, I just felt like a very slick, and I felt like her hair. And she was like, right there. <laughs> like, like she was like sticking out. So then you, so okay, I called. How, so long, I, how long would you say from that moment until when I came in? Okay, well, at that moment, and interestingly, I wasn't worried at all. I was very calm. I just thought, okay, she's coming out now. Mm-hmm. Like, I just knew that. And it, it's, it's interesting. It's like, just happening. Yeah, it's just happening. I wasn't like scared or anything just kind of like well this is what's happening mm-hmm. um but I immediately when I, after I immediately as soon as I felt down there and was like yes that's definitely ahead I immediately called you I was like Rob and I was like I called you I think a few times before you like heard me and came in because I think you were like outside and then you came inside or something mm-hmm. um so you came in and then 
this is the moment that I most wish I had like a video of just because <laughs> have you ever seen some like I think one of the most interesting things that can happen in in human life is when you see someone's face totally change based on like new information or like new, or new understanding being achieved. I think that's one of the most interesting moments and so I really wish that we had that on 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 camera. Sure. Because okay, so I called you in, you came in and I said, you know, she's coming. And I could tell from your face that when I said that, you thought initially that what I meant was She's going to be here soon, which is like obvious. Like this is not new information. Like we know she's coming. Yeah, like, I know. I'm super loading the car. Like, I'm, I'm, have you just now concluded that? And then I think, I and I saw your face change as you. Cause I think I was like, I, I don't know. Did I gesture towards the head or what did I say? Like, I just kind of just looked. I don't know if you gestured looked, or if I just looked down. But I just remember seeing your face change from when I initially said she's coming, and I could see that you kind of were like. I'm big news, you know what I mean? To, I could see the dawning realization in your face that I meant, like, literally at this moment, she is coming out. Because I had wanted, because as soon as I felt that that was her head, I called you, because, like, I kind of, once I felt that her head was there, was like, I'm just going to go ahead and push her out. Like, to me, it wasn't really optional. Like, I felt the urge to push, and so it was just kind of happening. I mean, obviously, it was just kind of happening, because somehow she got all the way down there. Mm -hmm. Um, But... I wanted to wait for you to get there. Well, so yeah, no, but so so you're so you're there, and I saw that moment where you realized that I meant like literally at this moment she's coming out. Yeah, so I look down, and there's there's a head. Like there's definitely a head. I can see the top of the head. I can see the the, the eyes. I can see part like halfway of the ear. It was like half a head, like so. It was like a whole half a head because I couldn't actually see at this point. I'm only going. There was probably more out than I could see because you know I couldn't. My see. My legs and stuff. It wasn't the greatest right. angle, but like I could see. I mean, her whole head probably was like sticking out of the birth canal. I just couldn't probably see. Well, I didn't know because I mean, to me, I I just thought it was like the top of her head. I, didn't I think know it, how was much like, it was like if I had to guess, I'm I'm doing my upper cheekbone to like the middle of my ear. Okay. That's about Fair to be yeah. So I was like, okay, this is happening. So I, I, I remember I threw the keys that were in my hand in the tub, or not, not the tub. You didn't throw them in the tub. Not the tub, no, not the, the whale of the tub. Oh, yeah, no, we had like a small child bathtub in there that we yes. had from our previous kids when they were babies that we had to with, like, store like, the bath toys in there. It's kind of just need to like get rid of that. Yeah. It's not very good. Anyway, <laughs> I threw my keys um, in there. I, I had a hoodie on. I quickly shed that. I ran over. I, I remember I stuck my hands. Well, down I, well, in the I water. remember you. I feel like we. I feel like you stuck your hands in the water, and then I don't know. Did you say like what should I do, or did I just say I'm going to push her out now? Because I remember I said just support her. Because I remember I had a just moment, yeah. Because like, I remember you didn't I want was, her to hit her head. I, yeah, I I didn't want her to hit her head, but I also I had this moment when you stuck your hands in where. I was slightly worried that you were going to try to like pull her out or something. Which no, I, I no, I know you weren't going to do that, out. but I just my body cringed just like thinking about it because I remember at that moment when I knew she was sticking out. I remember thinking like, I know that I'm going to push her out like within the next couple of minutes, and I know I'm going to tear, and it's going to hurt really bad. Mm-hmm. But it was also, but it was the same type of thought where it's like you know when you think something. 
it's like a very serious thought, but you're not like afraid. You're like calm. Mm-hmm. I felt totally calm about that. But then I, for some reason, when you stuck your hands in the water, I was like, just support her. Cause I just wanted you to like make sure, she, because I was really worried that like I was going to push and she was going to come like shooting out. Cause Emerald shot out. Like, yeah, but you were elevated and it was like, like you said, you were on all fours and like, it's true. But yeah, cause when we had Emerald, it's like different... when I pushed her out, she came out like so fast. She was like, like I actually think this, this was like a better angle for like if I had to like catch it, I would actually be more worried about dropping somebody from an angle that Emerald was at. She Chewing tumbled out, and out like and poop sprayed poop everywhere. Sprayed everywhere. Like, it was crazy, but like. But no, with this, it was more like she was just coming out. She like, just just kind of easing out. Yeah, she actually. I mean, came easing up is the wrong word because this was like no. the worst pain I've ever felt. But she was, but the way she was yes. coming out was pretty like wasn't like too fast. But and I was afraid that when I pushed. She was gonna like fly out and like hit her head on the tub. But somehow I felt like I had a good sense of where she was gonna go when she like did come out. So I wasn't really worried about that. My main concern was that I couldn't tell how she was. Well, I think. Well, I think. She's under the water. I mean, obviously her like nose and mouth aren't out yet. I know babies don't start breathing underwater or in the birth canal. Well, that was the, that was the thing out. that scared me because I really even see at her that time, even at that time, I don't think she was moving. I think she was she just concentrating on coming out. But yeah. Even at that time, like I remembered having read that when you have a water birth, the baby doesn't start breathing until when they come out of the water. I think it's the temperature change mm-hmm. that signals to them. I think it's the temperature change that signals to them mm-hmm. that they should start breathing. Mm-hmm. So when they go into the, like the warm water, they don't actually start breathing and drown. But for some reason, I had this moment of panic where I was thinking, like, what if that's not true? Mm-hmm. And what if she's, like, drowning right now? Mm-hmm. You know, especially because it was, like, her head had, you know, obviously come out, you know, sort of... I don't want to use the word easy, but it kind of came out easily. Mm-hmm. But then I felt like... Her shoulders, that was where I felt like there was, like, no give. Like, I felt mm-hmm. like I was going to have to really, really push to get her shoulders out. Mm-hmm. And I felt, that was the only moment when I felt scared because I suddenly thought, you know, what if she's drowning? Like, even though I know that she supposedly is not breathing. But, yeah, you're right. It's, like, she just seemed like kind of like a gray lump of person. It was, yeah, that was, like, the the only scariest thing. I wasn't really worried about not catching her or dropping her, really. Because I felt like I had that under control. I felt like you were doing a good job of pushing her out. It's just I I couldn't tell how she was. Well, and I hadn't and I hadn't been worried about her the whole time I was in labor because the whole time that I was in labor up until like this part where she's like actually coming out, when she was up in my belly, she was still kicking and moving around and like I could like feel her the whole time. So I knew she was okay. But then suddenly she's just like this just sort of big human chunk that's mm-hmm. like halfway out of me. I'm mm-hmm. like, that was when I was like worried. So I thought, okay, I need to just push her out as fast as I can. Mm-hmm. And you were there to catch her. So I knew that she wasn't going to like fly out and like hit her head or anything. Mm-hmm. So I think I just at that point just pushed really, really hard. And like, then she just all kind of came out, didn't she? Oh yeah, she and you, wasn't like, too long. And you just like scooped her. Yeah, I just, I, I grabbed her and pulled her up out of the water. I think you told me not to pull too far because the placenta had yet to come out. Yeah, I mean, the placenta had yet to come out, so I mean, she was still attached, so there was, like, a weird umbilical cord going from her to me, so I was like, you know, don't, like, stretch it or anything. But But you just, I mean, you just, like, 
I was just trying to get her up out of the water. But as soon as she was up out of the water, I could see that she was moving. She immediately, I think she, she started, started moving, breathing. and she immediately, it was amazing how fast she changed colors. Yeah, she looked, her color looked good. Like, she immediately just, like, turned um, pink from, like, being more of, like, a, mm-hmm. just, like, was she kind of a, what color would you describe her as? Kind of a little, like, a light purple or something? Yeah, that's probably a good. And she just, like, turned very she pink. Pinked, she pinked up pretty quickly, and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't, honestly, like, as soon as she came out of the water, I wasn't really worried anymore. Like, I knew that she would be fine, honestly. Like, from that moment on, I was, I was, I was totally comfortable. Like, I handed her Yeah, you, you put her, you put her on my chest, and I remember I looked at her, and, like, I immediately noticed that she had a mole on her ear. And then, uh, And then you, I mean, I think then you called Then I immediately called 911. <laughs> I mean, I had, I wasn't, yeah, I just, I <laughs> had to call. And then, um, I think... The is the woman still on the phone with us when I brought Cap in? I don't know. When did you bring him? Did you? Surely you called my him one before you brought him in. Okay, so my recollection is no, 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 because you left the phone in there with me, and the woman was like, "Hello, hello." Okay, so you called nine one one. The least helpful, and and this is interesting because all the other people that we encountered later were super helpful. Mm-hmm. This person, the 911 operator was like, dispatch or whatever, was like the least helpful person ever. I feel like she was reading from a script that they gave her that it like, I I feel like a computer program popped up for what to do when someone calls and tells you they just delivered their own baby. And I think what they wrote this for was like, you are in a disaster and we cannot get to you in the next like five minutes. You're gonna have to like do some things that we would normally do if we had come could come quickly. We cannot come quickly. Yes. So you need to start doing. Extra but it was like things. she was fixated on this one detail about how she wanted you to. Tie she off. wanted you to take a string from like your the like she hood like, of your sweatshirt or yarn. I'm and like, she kept being no. like, "Do you have the string from a hood of a sweatshirt?" Uh, like no. she's imagining that you're like this hooded sweatshirt person that's like well, delivering your own baby, and it's yeah. like, first of all, I'm not even wearing a hoodie. Wearing a hoodie. Right Second of all, we had, I'm, well, the interesting thing was that, I mean, aside from having, you know, seen births before and, like, read a little bit about home birth just for interest reasons, we had, like, a a birth book that I remember I had read a chapter in the birth book about, you know, what to do if you emergency deliver your own baby. And it said specifically, like, unless you're in a disaster and you don't think help is coming for, like, hours, don't, like, try to immediately tie off the umbilical cord or, like, cut it. And I feel like this woman immediately was like, get a string out of your sweatshirt, tie the cord off. And I feel like the next thing she was going to tell you was to like find a pair of kitchen shears and like hack through the umbilical cord, which basically it's like the situation where you're not going to do the thing the person's telling you to do because you know it's bad advice. But she was so insistent. She was like, are you looking for the string? Like, I swear she said, are you looking for the string several times? And then you left the phone and you went, and that's, I think, when you went and got our son. Well, I said, I came in and got him, and I said, you want to come see the baby? And I do, thankfully, have this moment on video when he came in. He came in, and he was he was so surprised, because we had been preparing him for so long about how, you know, we're going to go to the hospital, and when we come, we're going to have the baby, and when we come back, we'll be bringing the new baby home, and that's when you can see her. So he was really expecting that to happen, because we'd been really, you know... You know, because you're supposed to prepare kids for what's going to happen. So he was very prepared for the timeline of us going to the hospital. Mm -hmm. So it was a huge surprise for him. And I think he was really excited that he got to see her. Oh, yeah. 
And at that moment, uh, after he had come in and, and he had seen her for a second. And he said, I think he said, like, I thought she was going to come out at the hospital. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we all did. <laughs> um, but yeah, he got to, he got to see the baby. He said in the red with the. Yeah. Red he, he said to me like later when we were talking about it, he said, I saw the baby with you in the tub and there was some redness in the water. And there was a little bit, there wasn't actually, I was kind of surprised there wasn't as much blood no, wasn't. as you would admit. I think because the whole thing, I think. But... I think if I had delivered the placenta in the tub, yeah, would have been there would have been more, but I think that just with the baby, not that much blood apparently comes yeah. out. But then... Uh, Immediately, I think at that point was when the first responders started showing up. Well, the first person to show up was the policewoman. There was like a tattooed, very tattooed policewoman. Yeah. Who, she like, she, didn't she come kind of like bursting in? Well, I, the door was still unlocked for me, like, taking stuff out to the car. Mm -hmm. So she, like, poked her head in and was like, hello. And I was like, I, like, gestured, like, a big wave, like, come, yes, come this way. And she, like, ran from the front door to the back. And I don't know if she was, like, expecting to find, like, some sort of horrific scene or something. But, like, she just seemed so, like, relieved when she, like, realized that everything was, like, basically fine. Yeah, so I think she was just, like, the, fir the first first responder wanted to make sure that no one was, like, dead or, like... Some, like, something meth lab had, yeah. like, exploded or something. Yeah, we're, we're like, regular, safe, law-abiding people that have accidentally given birth in our house. Only we're not, like, thing about us crystal meth tweakers that, like, didn't seek prenatal care and then we're like, oh my god, so I didn't tell anyone I was pregnant. <laughs> yeah, like, we're, like, regular people that just immediately... <laughs> Right. been overtaken by events. Um, but, uh, yeah, she was like, all right. Like, she, like, I could tell, like, she wanted to hug me, but she wasn't supposed to because it's, like, not time for, like, a pandemic hug or whatever. Right. <laughs> but she was, like, she just kind of grabbed my shoulder and was like, all right. Like, she I'm realized sure she that. was also relieved that, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm sure when you burst into a situation like that, you're prepared for the possibility it's going to be something. Yeah terrible or sad so i'm sure she was also just thrilled that just it, was happy, like, it seems like the situation is working out well uh, yeah this is all, all working out so she was first through the door and then i think the entire like you said the cast of the village people came through yeah i mean there was like some firefighters <laughs> i don't paramedics, it's kind of a blur to me so yeah. i don't remember exactly who everyone At was there were firefighters people, paramedics police officers going through who else. um so anyway at that point so they Unlike the super unhelpful, as soon as the police woman came in, I, I hung up on the nine one one person. Yeah, because like, I think you're justified because I think they have. Well, the rule is, I think they have to stay on the phone with you until someone shows up. Yes, but it's like but now so once like, someone shows up, here, this is out of your hands. We've got this. There are people on scene. But I'm glad that we didn't follow her advice because the, um, I guess it's the paramedics, though the ambulance people. Yes. Um, they obviously had they like had sterile tools. They had like a like a what's this, a scalpel? Sterile scalpel. Scalpel and like they scalpel. had and they had and they had clamps. They had clamps. And they also like they checked the cord. They wanted to make sure it had stopped pulsing before <laughs> they cut it. Unlike the nine one one woman who was like tie it off immediately. They were like, is it still pulsing? Should we wait a minute? Like, well, I brought that up with the nine one one person. She was like, sorry, I'm trying to help you. <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, which, but it, but it, but the thing is that I had remembered in our birth book it said, like, even if you weren't, like, because I know some people do delayed cord clamping in the hospital anyway, but even if that's not, like, something you were planning to do, they said if you accidentally deliver at home, wait until it stops pulsing because the baby's still getting oxygen from mm -hmm. the cord for, like, I think they said a couple minutes worth of oxygen. So if oh, the yeah. baby was going to have a problem, that could be the difference between them getting enough air to, like, be okay and tell the first responders get there or not. Mm-hmm. But I still got to, uh, they asked, 
or well, I don't. I think I just I asked if I could because I think they just handed out and I was like, hey, can I do that? And they're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, they like clamped it for you, right? They like put uh-huh. a clamp in like two different spots and then you slice through and the middle. Slice through it, yeah. Which is always I've done it three times now and it's always a crazy experience. But then of course you left the um you left the scalpel on our sink and then remember what our son said later when we <laughs> yeah. saw it. Well, I had I this left... is the flash forward, but I think this is the key yes. story. So. Well, I was cleaning up the bathroom later when I had come back before and, I came to pick you up. And to set the stage for the story, um, since he was a C-section and, you know, he's five, almost six years old now. So, like, leading up to this birth, we talked a lot about, you know, you know, since I was obviously pregnant, we talked a lot about, you know, pregnancy and also how the baby can get out. Because he was super interested in the different ways a baby can get out. Because he asked me, you know, could the baby come out of, like, your mouth? And I'm like, no. So I've t- So he knows there's only two ways a baby can come out. You know, they can either come out of the mommy's vagina or they can come out of the mommy's belly. Like with him, I had to, you know, be sliced open in the hospital and have an operation. So he knows this. Mm-hmm. So... So he saw it. It was still like kind of bloody. So he, saw, like, so he sees this gal bowl and... And he's like, did you have to cut mommy open with that? Because <laughs> like, he thought maybe I had... Maybe you've like performed the C-section. Took it upon myself to yeah. yeah perform an emergency. Just like... No narcotic or sterile instruments. No, yeah, that's yeah. No, I, fortunately that didn't happen. Yeah. But anyway, they let me cut the cord. It was that was cool. I was glad they let me do that. We still have the scalpel. I don't know if they let them to leave that here, but but thank you for leaving that here. Um, and then I think they had you stand up because I think they couldn't get the stretcher into our bedroom. Oh yeah, they couldn't because we have, I mean, our bedroom doors are kind of narrow anyway and we also have gate, we have baby gates on them. Like they got the stretcher into our apartment but they couldn't get it all the way into our bedroom. Well, and they were also, they were kind of, I think, getting a little bit worried because I hadn't delivered the placenta Mm -hmm. and I think there's like a time frame like, I don't know if it's like an hour or two hours, they want you to have delivered the placenta within that time and I was still Mm -hmm. having contractions but I think that, like, my urge to push just wasn't there. Like, I'd already just, I felt like I exhausted my reserves mm-hmm. just kind of getting the baby out. And I think there's motivation when it's like you're going to get the baby out. You know, there's a certain amount of motivation. The placenta is much less exciting than, like, an actual person, you know. So I just, I just didn't have the will to push the placenta out, even though I was still having really painful contractions, although not as frequently as mm-hmm. I had been having before I had the baby. I was still having really painful contractions. I just didn't have the will to push the placenta out mm-hmm. and I just didn't feel like I just felt like what if I push and it just I didn't feel like because with the baby I didn't even feel like I had a choice. Like when my body told me it was gonna push it kind of just like felt like well this is what's happening. With the placenta I just I was having the contractions but I just didn't have that drive to push. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I couldn't do it. Like I just was like exhausted so i think they were kind of getting worried because it's like if you retain the placenta they have to like you know get it out of you at like the hospital or whatever because i think i think as soon as the baby comes out the placenta kind of starts to die and basically it like transitions from being like a vital. it basically goes very quickly from being a vital organ to just being like a rotting hunk of meat like poisoning your body so yes so when did the placenta come out not until we got to the hospital. So it didn't so come I, out. I, can, I, can, I, can, I mean, you weren't there, so I can fill you in on that. Okay, one, well, but, uh, yeah, I wasn't worried. But, but yeah, but backing up to, we're still yes. at our house. 
Yeah, they couldn't get this. They had a stretcher they brought in to like take me. I did think it was kind of amusing. They asked me if I wanted to go to the hospital. So, yes, I wanted to go. I sort of wondered like, could you what say would no? They, yeah, I think legally. Really? Okay, well here, here's here's Do what. Do they have to ask you if it's okay? Okay, see, I think if they just took you against your will, that would be some kind of kidnapping, right? Yeah, At the same like, time, on. though, I feel like what would actually say no. Has anyone ever said no to probably. this? Probably. I, there's all kinds of people in the world. Here's what I think would happen. Here's what I'm imagining. Would they just be I like, think, all right, bye? <laughs> no, I don't think that they would just be like, all right, bye. I think if they say, you said no, they would probably just try to urge you more strongly, and eventually the police would probably get involved and force you to go. Because okay. I, I don't think they can actually just leave you to die if they think you're going to like go downhill. You know what I mean? Like I think that, I think they have. I don't think they can take you against your will. But if you refuse to go, I think then they can maybe make a case that they were forced to take you against your will for your own safety or something. Really, this person is insane. Who would not go? <laughs> exactly. Well, because there was a moment when we, well, I was kind of considering when they were like, you know, because you obviously couldn't come because the person coming to watch our kids hadn't made it there yet because it was like less than two hours, less than the amount of time it was going to take them to drive here. So I think there was still a time where... You know, you weren't going to be able to come with me, and I was like, should we just, you know, when they were like, do you want to go? It's like, it hadn't, it hadn't really occurred to me that I could be not going. So I was kind of like, should I wait and drive with him? I like, what's, and they were like, no, you should really go because the placenta hasn't come out yet. And I was like, yeah, that's probably true. Um, it's like, we're here anyway. We have yeah. the stretcher ready. <laughs> but so they got, they got, they helped me out of the tub. And then they helped me onto the bed. They they laid laid, a bunch of like disaster blankets on the bed. And and on the floor, which was really nice because they, I mean, our floor has just a few blood stains, but it could have been much, much worse. I cleaned up later, but yeah, they definitely did a good job of being considerate of that. Um, But anyway, so they kind of helped me onto the bed. I think they were also still thinking maybe I'll deliver the placenta now at Mm -hmm. at the house, you know, because I was still having contractions and it hasn't come out yet. and then here's the part where I did the most extra thing ever. Because, okay, as I think I mentioned before, did I mention, I don't remember if I mentioned in this or not, that I had bought a, I had bought a um, labor and delivery gown. Like, you know how you can buy your own gown to wear at the hospital? So I had bought my own hospital gown, planning, you know, to wear it during the tasteful labor and delivery video. I was like wearing makeup and, you know, laboring in the attractive hospital gown. But anyway, obviously I was like nude. Mm-hmm in the tub and you know so now i'm like nude like in in my it's a really surreal feeling to be like naked in your bedroom surrounded by like 10 strangers <laughs> at the same time i feel like once we're at the actual point of moving birth in some ways modesty just goes out the window it's like it's nothing they haven't seen before but still it's very it's a very strange it's a very strange event um but anyway, so they like are like okay, so they were gonna like help me off the bed and like onto the stretcher and like continue on to the hospital. But I made them wait while I put on the labor count. <laughs> I could tell that they were thinking like, oh my god. <laughs> but to be fair, it wasn't just that I wanted to get some use out of the hospital gown that I bought because otherwise it's a total waste. Because when am I ever gonna wear this again? Mm-hmm. But all, although it actually was strangely comfortable. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, I was nude, and I didn't want to just, like, go to the hospital without any clothes. I mean, I realized that they would give you, like, a gown in the hospital or whatever. Like a paper yeah, but I just, or something. Yeah, <laughs> but I just kind of, I wanted to put my thing on, so I did. Okay. So, yeah, like, I made them, like, I made them wait while I, like, 
I, I think like one of them actually helped me put it on. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyway, so that was my like super extra thing that I did before they like mm-hmm. put me on the stretcher and like wheeled me through the rest of our house. I think you're allowed one of those if you just went through. Yeah, like I wanted to be wearing my thing, and so I was. Yeah. And I'm really glad that I was because it was really comfortable. It was so much better than like the hospital gowns you get at the hospital. It's one of those things people always debate. Like, either people are like, "I'm so glad I bought this," or they're like, "It's a total waste of money." And I'm definitely erring on the side of I'm so glad I bought this, mm-hmm. even though I didn't even give birth at the hospital. I'm still glad that I had the gown. But anyway, so I got on the stretcher, and then they like wheeled me through our living room and kitchen and out the door. And before, as, as we went by, our son was still like in the living room and he like mm-hmm. came up and he like, he gave the baby like a kiss. It was very sweet. It was very sweet. And, um, and they wheeled me and it was like really cold outside. I remember mm-hmm. it was like cold and like the baby was riding with me. She was riding on my chest and we got in the ambulance and it was sort of exciting in the sense that I've never ridden in an ambulance before. And mm-hmm. it, and it, it's one of those things where, like, I like to have different experiences, so I'm sort of happy I got to experience riding in the ambulance, especially when I got to experience it under happy circumstances. Yeah, nothing so terrible like happened. Most imaginary circumstances where I would get to ride in an ambulance, it's like, you know, something horrible's happened. So I'm kind of really happy that I got to have the experience of riding in the ambulance, but for, like, a happy reason. Right. Even though it was a really uncomfortable ride, because I was still having contractions not as close together... But they were still, like, really painful contractions. And so it was really just less comfortable than you would hope, like, being on a stretcher and having painful contractions. And then our, like, community where we live has, like, a bunch of speed bumps. And, like, it was really painful every time we'd, like, go over a speed bump. Right. But the people in the ambulance with me were, like, super nice. Like, they were, like, talking to me the whole time. I mean, I'd probably make sure that I wasn't, like, dying or whatever. But still. Like, yeah. Like, I, like, appreciated, like, all of them. Good. They seemed competent when they were here. Yeah, like, they seemed like they knew what they were doing and were not, like, weird like the woman on the phone. Yes. Um, but, anyway, we got to the hospital, I feel like, pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm sure. Did, they didn't have the siren on? I mean, can you hear the siren if you're inside the ambulance? I don't think so. I don't think the siren was on, but I think we were going faster than, like, Were the lights on? I think the lights were on, but not the siren. Lights, no siren. I feel like when we went outside, the lights were on. When they were parked out in the parking lot, the lights were definitely on. Yeah, like, when I went out, when they took me out there, the lights were on. I don't think the siren was on, but the lights were on. And they were definitely going fast, and they were, like, talking... I heard them, like, talking on the radio to, like, say they were coming and everything. Mm -hmm. To, like, you know... Um... So you got to the hospital. I'm not. I'm still at home at this point, so I don't know any any of this really. I got to the so. hospital and they put a mask on me, and they told me to like bring like the blanket up like over the baby, like mm-hmm. so that like she would be like somewhat protected. Mm-hmm. And they like wheeled us in side and like through like I think we went in maybe an elevator and like through some corridors. Hospitals are always like so twisty. I feel like they're always like octagons of confusion like mm-hmm. I, I feel like we like went around like several corners and like through some hallways but anyway we eventually ended up in like a large like i guess it's like a i mean i guess it was part was of it where the, like, we were with emerald no it was different looking i think it was more so of, like, it wasn't like a birthing it wasn't like a birthing suite i mean i guess it maybe it was because it had all the birthing equipment mm-hmm. but it looked more like emergency ish mm-hmm. Maybe it was just a different birthing suite, but I don't know if they have a certain one for, like, when people come in and it's, like, an emergency or, like, it was different. 
It was definitely different mm-hmm. than the one that we gave birth in last time. But they like wheeled me in there, but it was basically the same setup in that there was like under you know, there were like a few nurses, but like one specifically, you know, for me and one specifically for the baby, and then the doctor came in and um so the the one nurse took the baby um to like the you know, it was the same setup where like on the side of the room they have like the scale and the warming pan and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And they did like her footprints. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, like, weighed her and measured her. And um, the doctor came in, and they were, like, debating whether they were going to have to give me, like, a shot of, like, oxytocin or something to, like, deliver the placenta. But then since I was still having contractions, and then the doctor was like, okay, the placenta's right there. Just push it. You can push it out. And so then I just, like, pushed really hard, and it, like, came right out. Mm -hmm. So then I kind of wished that I had just pushed it out earlier, because then as soon as I pushed it out, the contractions stopped. Mm Mm-hmm. Which was so relieving because I was like just in- so incredibly uncomfortable. Right. Um. So I kind of wished then that I just, if I'd known, you know, how easy it was going to be comparatively to like the amount of suffering, I would have just pushed it out sooner. But mm-hmm. I think just having the doctor say like it's literally like right here, you know, like that was like enough to give me the motivation to push it out. Whereas before, I think I was just afraid I was going to be pushing and pushing it, mm-hmm. like it was going to happen somehow. I don't know why I thought that, but. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I made them save it until I could take um, pictures of it. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to like see what it what the placenta looked like. Well, it's always fascinating. Yeah, and I thought you might want to see it too since oh, you definitely. were there, and you know it was very Absolutely. interesting. So giant and maybe. That's pretty much what. Lots of things. Absolutely amazing. Um, so, but she was fine. But she was fine. Yeah, they said she looked. Excellent. They said her, which is funny, they said her, what's that, the Agpar score or whatever? Because mm-hmm. they did that in the um, in the ambulance. Mm-hmm. They did that, like, on the way. And they said it was, like, a 10. Mm-hmm. Which I think is, which I thought was funny, because I remember reading in the book that they never give a 10. Because they were like, they always want to leave room for improvement or whatever. But I, everyone who looked at her in the hospital, too, said she was perfect. Oh, yeah. Very long toes. Everyone I wonder where that. those came from. And long fingers. Everyone kept noticing her long fingers. It's funny because we have pictures of our other two children grabbing my fingers. Uh, when like right after they came out. They came out. And she did the exact same thing, but with her toes. <laughs> I mean, we I don't have a photo that. of it. I have been telling you for years that you should exercise your toes, that you can fo- use your long toes. I think if you put your cards right with this one, with Lilac. I don't think we said her name yet. Yeah. Lilac Georgiana. Lilac Georgiana Bridges. But I think if you play your cards right with her, you could really get some use out of those toes. She's very dexterous with them. She is very dexterous with them. But her weight was was good. I think the only thing that ended up being an issue was the fluid or whatever. Yeah, she ended up in like the next couple days at the hospital. Because um, even though we had a home birth, you know, since we went to the hospital, we then had to stay for like the required amount of time as though we'd had her there. Mm-hmm. Um she did cough up a bunch of fluid, which they said was not, they said it was not from being born in the water. Mm-hmm. They said it was just from being born really fast. Because I guess if you descend slowly down the birth canal, the whole time they're descending slowly down the birth canal, they're getting squeezed. So all the wa- all the fluid that's in their stomach from when they're like living in you, mm-hmm. you kind of get squeezed out. Mm-hmm. But since she came out really fast, like didn't get squeezed out. Mm-hmm. So she had like a lot of fluid in her belly. That she kind of like cough up over the next couple of days. But other than that, she's she's great. 
Yeah, I mean, that wasn't, I mean, that didn't really diminish her in any way. No. And she's, like, gained weight. And yeah, she's gaining weight she's nicely. She's really and, well. And she looks, like, we were kind of surprised to discover, like, I think she's going to have hazel eyes, because like our son, our son, um, he had blue eyes when he was born, and they turned hazel, which, I mean, you have hazel eyes, so it mm-hmm. makes sense. And she also has blue eyes, so I think her eyes are going to be hazel. Mm-hmm. And... Her hair is, like, different, I think, than either of our kids' hair has been. I don't know how it's going to end up, but it's kind of a, like, it's like a brown, but it's like an auburnish brown. She has clear eyebrows. Yes, she has clear eyebrows and kind of auburn hair. So, I'm interested to see if she's going to be an auburn. Do you think she's going to be a redhead? That's what I mean. Like, auburn is like a red, red-brown red combo. Hmm. Like a, you don't like think a, she could just be straight up red? Would it be, like, I don't, I think her hair is... Her hair's pretty dark, right? Like, it's a dark red right now. Do actual redheads just start red? Well, actually, I read something interesting about red hair. Apparently, you get, for hair color, you get a gene from each parent, and then your mm-hmm. hair color is a combination. So, for example, if you get a red hair gene from one parent and a brown hair gene from the other parent, mm-hmm. then you're an Auburn. If you get a blonde hair gene from one parent and a red hair gene from the other parent, then you're a strawberry blonde. Mm-hmm. If you get a red and a red, then you're a red. Mm. So I'm saying I think she might have a red and a brown, making mm-hmm. her an auburn. But I'll be interested to see how that, you know, because her hair could lighten and be redder, or it could darken and be browner, mm. or it could, like, fall out and turn into something else. Because, I mean, like, I feel like hair color is the least certain when you have a baby because with our son his hair was like almost black when he was born it was really short and then there's nothing like that well it all fell out like a sad old man and then it came back and it was blonde Mm -hmm. and then it darkened and it's like kind of a medium nut brown now yeah. So that's why I'm saying I don't. I, I'm not really sticking. I don't, I don't think we can like know what her hair is gonna do. Like I'm hoping her hair is not gonna like fall out, but I just, before. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying it could fall out and then be a different color, or it could lighten or darken. But I do think that she has some ginger in her, and like her clear eyebrows make me think that she could be like kind of more on the gingery side, not just brown, which is exciting. And she has a really big mole. On her right ear. It's a little bit higher than an earring would be, but it still kind of looks like an earring. It's like one of those, what do they call it when it's like the middle part that people get, not the bottom part? I don't know what that's called, but I know what you mean. It's like the torgulus or something. That's know. not the technical word. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, she's super cute though, and yeah, it, it is surprising how she looks, because we had considered, you know... Will she look like our son or our daughter? I think she looks a little more like our son, but she also just looks kind of like her own third separate Yeah, she doesn't totally even really person. look like either of them. She's like both, but not. But she's kind of her own thing. But it's funny because even before this happened with her birth, we kept, you know, joking about how, like, she was such a sneaky, surprising individual because, you know, she surprised us, like... We didn't know we were pregnant because, you know, since we weren't, like, pushing for it and then, you know, we didn't really, like, the signs weren't really, they really incredibly clear immediately either. So she, mm-hmm. we were pregnant for, like, a few weeks before we figured it out. Um, so that was, like, a big surprise. And we thought that was, like, the big surprise. But I think, you know, <laughs> unexpectedly being More born, you know, unassist, unassisted home birth 
in the bathtub, I think, is a bigger surprise. Well, assisted. You were assisted. No, I, I think they call it an unassisted birth <laughs> if you don't have a, like, trained birth assistant there. Okay. I think if just your husband and you deliver the baby, that's unassisted. We I fully concede that you had the hardest job of anyone. No, I'm not saying unassisted as in, like, I was alone. I just mean unassisted in the sense that I think if you don't have a trained birth professional with mm-hmm. you, it's considered unassisted. So I think the idea is that the person assisting you is someone who knows what they're doing, which, okay, the thing is, I actually think this was the best birth that we've had. Well, I mean, you said later that you pretty much got everything you wanted, except maybe, like, we should have, like, cleaned well, the tub a yeah. little bit better before. Yeah, well, the two, the two things that I would change, <laughs> the two things I would change if I had been anticipating this is that even though I don't actually think their services would have been necessary, other than really more for aftercare, not so much for the birth itself, is when we could have used someone. But mm-hmm. I would have had, you know, a midwife or, you know, a trained medical, you know, someone with us. Not because we ended up needing them actually with, like, the delivery or anything, and I would have been mm-hmm. fine with them just, like, standing back and letting us do it the way that things worked out. It was, it was fine, and I'm just as happy to not have them involved. But I think it would have been good to have someone there. You know, if we had planned this, I would have had a midwife there who knew, knows what they're doing and who has, you know, sterile equipment and supplies and who, you know, I think that when they come to your house, they have oxygen, they have Pitocin and stuff like that in case they should need it. Mm-hmm. So you have, you know, and they know, and they know, you know, what to do, you know, they know like infant CPR and what to do if something goes wrong, you know, in a basic sentence. So I do think I would have had that if we were planning it. And the other thing is, yes, I would have cleaned the bathtub better, like, you know, probably sterilized the tub. And also had, you know... I would have washed my hands, probably, before I stuck them in the water. (laughs) And also just had, you know, supplies on hand. Like, we weren't prepared with, like, a bunch of, you know, clean, sterile towels and blankets and stuff. I think I brought, like, some random towels from, like, You tried to bring, like, one of the kids, like, alligator towels, and I, like, told you to take it away because I didn't want it to get ruined. (laughs) I, I... I managed to save every single towel and I'm really blanket. proud of your laundering skills. I did it twice got a, got with the OxyClean. OxyClean. Yes. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> Not in the head. But you see what I'm saying? So the two things I would change is that I would have prepared our home, you know, by cleaning it. Yeah. And having, you know, the blankets and the towels and stuff. And I would have had someone on hand, you know, in case we needed them, you know, to help us. But those two details aside... I did get everything I wanted with the birth. Like, and, and some of them were things that I wanted and was hoping to get at the hospital, and some were things that I wouldn't have gotten at the hospital. Like, for example, as we, I think, mentioned, mm-hmm. I hated having to be monitored. I hated the feeling of the monitors on my stomach mm-hmm. at the hospital and, like, getting in and out of the water to be monitored and get back in the water. And so it's kind of really nice that I didn't have to do that this time. Totally. And... I do wonder in some ways if the labor progressed so quickly because we were at home. I mean, in the sense that, like, obviously... You told her to come out. I did. Well, yeah, I told her I wanted her to be born soon. But also... You really didn't want to go to your appointment. That's true. But also, I just mean, like, I'm more comfortable, obviously, in my own bathtub. So maybe once I got into the water... I mean, I think the contractions were already coming pretty fast. But I feel like once I got into the tub, I think my body may have just been like, okay, we're having the baby now. You know what I mean? <laughs> also, I think another thing that I did, something I did differently this time to deal with the contractions. And to be fair, like I said before, I was having back labor with Emerald and I feel like that was worse 
in the sense that I didn't feel like there was a space between the contractions. Even though the pain of these contractions was just as bad or maybe worse than that, it was just, you know, different. I wonder if I labored very, so efficiently that she came out so fast, too. Mm. Because I do think that even though the pain was still really excruciating, mentally, I feel like I knew what I was doing better in the sense that with Emerald, we tried to... Um, we had we had kind of done like a home study of like a birthing technique where it's like you're like a big relaxed bag of water or something and <laughs> you're like letting the surges like push the baby out. I can't remember the name of the technique we used, but it ended up that didn't work for me at all. Like I wasn't I wasn't able I was in so much pain that I wasn't able to relax. And it was and artificial. Like, it wasn't something natural to you anyway. Yeah, and I feel like the whole idea of that plan was that you relax and you allow your body to do the work. I was able to not relax. In a way, well, yeah, I was able to relax more this time because um, I actually used a lot of the technique that we um, studied in our meditations. We've been doing, what is the name of that meditation that we've been doing? Uh, waking up. Yeah, so we've been doing that waking up. Um, it's like an app, right? Yeah, it's by Sam Harris, yeah. the neuroscientist. He yeah. has a yeah, meditation practice. But there was something in that that in one of the episodes that we listened to that I found so helpful that I ended up using this time that I think helped me to really not cope with. Because, I mean, if you're in excruciating pain and you really describe yourself as coping, maybe, I don't know. But anyway, how I progressed through the labor, <laughs> I was thinking about in one episode he says, like, when you experience pain... You've already survived the pain that you're experiencing in that moment. So the problem that you have with the pain is actually just your fear of what the next moment is going to bring. Because you've already survived the moment that you're in. Because mm -hmm. you're in it. It's really just you're afraid of what the next moment will bring and that it might be more painful or worse or something. But you honestly have no way of knowing that. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't know what the next moment is going to bring. Maybe it will bring relief or something. Mm -hmm. So that really resonated with me. And I was thinking about that a lot while I was in labor. So I was thinking about, um, like, as I was having each contraction, I was thinking, like, you've already survived this contraction. Mm -hmm. And you know for a fact that, like, eventually you're going to be on the other side of this and it's going to be better. And I was just like thinking that with every contraction. And that allowed me, I think, to be less like clinched than I was last time I was in labor. Mm -hmm. I think that was really helpful. And I think the other thing that was really helpful, but maybe too helpful, was that I kept thinking like with each contraction, I was just thinking like, okay, this is very uncomfortable, but this is just like, bringing lilac closer to like coming out mm -hmm. i was thinking that with every contraction but i don't know if maybe thinking that made it happen like faster or I mean, you really wanted to see her and she obviously wanted to be here very quickly too so <laughs> i think that that definitely resonated with her too but she's just she's the best baby I mean, I know, like, we've said that about every of our babies that we've had. I mean, mm -hmm. You have a baby, and you just, you know, you love them, and you think they're amazing. But she really is very amazing. She's the top-shelf baby. She's very good. High quality, high grade. She's, like, super cute, too. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know. She has, like, the best personality I can tell already. I know. She really does. And she likes you a lot. Well, I guess that one time when you scooped her out of the water that really brought you together. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mean to brag or anything, but, you know, that was probably a pretty good beginning to our relationship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think she feels like you're someone you, you she can really count on. <laughs> yeah. Start your, start your relationship. That's a pretty good set to start. Yeah. I think this was an interesting event for our relationship, too. I mean... I mean, little did we think that, you know, you, you have you have a baby with somebody. You don't necessarily think that you and the person you had the baby with will be delivering the baby yourselves. Yeah. That was a special moment. That was on par with some of the craziest, maybe the craziest thing that's ever happened to me. But yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't scared either when it happened. Like, it was kind of like, just, it's happening. Like, it's just happening, and there's nothing to think about except what's happening. Yeah, I mean, you really just have to deal with what's happening in the moment. Yeah. And there's no reason to panic, and it's like, I kind of felt like this is probably going to be okay. And I mean, if it hadn't been, we would have just had to try to deal with it as whatever situation yeah. unfolded. There's no way to anticipate... You could, like, I'm calling 911 immediately, no matter what. So exactly. It's like, so it's like we already know... Matter, good, this bad, is, yeah. the authorities will be notified. It's kind of a nice position to be in, though, when you're calling 911 and you feel like things have already kind of worked out. Yeah. Like, we were, I think we were feeling pretty good at the time that you called 911. Like, the baby was out and, like, she was, like, a good color. We could tell that she was, like, you know, she was breathing well and everything. And, like, I didn't seem to be, like, hemorrhaging or anything. Yeah. I mean, really, the only reason I called 911 and not, like, a regular doctor number was, like, I didn't want to, if something for some reason started to go wrong, later on they'd be like, well, Rob, you didn't call. No, I think it was good that you called 911. Yeah, I mean, there was, yeah. Well, also because, I mean, like, like we said, we didn't have all the blank they brought a bunch of blankets they brought the clamps I mean, for the cord they bought the, the scalpel we didn't have any of that stuff so we really we would have had to like tie it off with your rug. sweatshirt and yeah. like and and i think me riding to the hospital in the ambulance was yes much better than like can you imagine how awful it would have been trying to get me into the car yeah i don't know with like the dangly umbilical cord like hanging between my legs like i don't know even with even with them getting me into like the stretcher, there was a moment where like the dangle because they they cut the umbilical cord really long. Yeah. There was a moment where it like slightly snapped and like the and the guy was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." I was like, oh. "Oh wow!" And it feels really weird when it's like sort of dangling out of you because it's like attached to something, so like it feels like like I can't even like describe. But you can't like, feel with it, right? You can't feel with it, but you feel it like tugging, like. You know what I mean? So, like, it's like if a piece of string was tied onto the inside of your body and it got stabbed on something, you would feel it tugging on the inside of your body. You know what I mean? Like, Wow. But, yeah, no, I think it was better that I rode in the ambulance. And, and like I said, like, everything worked out well and, like, me and the baby were in, like, perfect condition. But had we not been, I think we made the right choice to, you know, get people there that could help us, you know, as soon as possible. So that's why I'm saying even though... I would be fine with them not being involved necessarily because I actually kind of prefer just kind of how we ended up doing it ourselves. If we were planning a home birth in the future, I would still want to have a midwife there. Just, you know, someone who has that knowledge in case it's needed. Yeah, I definitely didn't have... I mean, I knew enough that I was able to make it happen whatever needed to happen, but... 
I don't know. If anything had gone... If things had gone terribly wrong, we wouldn't have really known what to do. I had no, like, medical knowledge, so... I will say that after you called 911, the first responders got here very quickly. Yeah, I was impressed with the response to I mean, like, how long would you say it was before, like, from when you called and that policewoman showed up? A little over five minutes is, like... Because I knew because I hung up, and I think it said something like five minutes or some and change when I had hung up, so... But no, I mean, so I think that was, you know, it was very wild. Yeah. I can't believe that happened. I know, I'm still kind of in shock about it. <laughs> yeah, like, I, like, I'm in shock in the sense that I can't believe that that's, like, how it played out, because that wasn't what we planned. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I'm delighted that it, like, turned out so well. And what a, what a story to begin a life with, you know? Yeah, I mean, she had a great birth story. <laughs> I mean, it would already have been interesting enough just being like, oh, you were born during, like, this really weird, you know, time in history where there's, like, a pandemic happening and everything. Mm-hmm. But now there's layered on top of that, it's like, as we accidentally, like, birthed you, like, we had you, like, in the bathtub and, mm-hmm. like, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, she just wanted to come out. It wasn't easy, but it was fast. It was fast. I was impressed. I mean, there was a moment where I was like, all right, what do we do now? <laughs> like. Yeah. But uh, you were like, well, here we go, pushing. <laughs> well, I just, I've never felt like, okay, they're all, I, I feel like people are always talking about, like, now you can push, like, you get permission to push from the doctor or something, and I never really felt like my body was, like, willing to, like, be subject to that. Like, I feel like both, both times, even though both of my birth experiences have been really different in a lot of ways, both times when my body decided that the baby was coming out, that's when my body decided the baby was coming out. It didn't really feel, like, optional to me. Mm. Like, at the point when I was like, I feel like she's coming out. Oh, yeah, she is. I don't want to make it sound like she just had, like, sort of slipped through the birth canal without me doing any work. Like, I was, like, having, like, excruciating contractions. It's just... When I, when I felt the urge to push, it didn't feel optional. It just felt like push now. You know what I mean? hmm It did feel optional when I had pushed her shoulders out. Was like, that was more of, like, a decision, I feel like. Because, like, like I said, I, that was my one moment where I was, like, scared. Like, I was like, I really want to get her out of the water, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that was kind of the same way with Emerald, too. I mean, I think once... Because the head came out, and then, like... But with her, I remember I had to push really hard to get her head out. You did. But I felt like once the shoulder, once you were through the shoulders, everything else just kind of, like, just came immediately. But I don't remember Emerald's shoulders being so much work. I remember her head being more work than her shoulders. No, I'm sure in the long haul, yes. But I'm saying, like, as far as, like, the progression of it... No, I, I know what you're saying is, like, the speed of when they came out. But what I'm saying is that, like... With Emerald, like, was more work. I remember pushing very hard mm-hmm. and, like, a lot. And it was, like, a very concentrated effort mm-hmm. to get her head out. And then her shoulders, I don't remember being really difficult. I remember, like, mm-hmm. her head came out, and then I remember just, like, I just kind of gave one more big push, and her shoulders came flying out. I, whereas with Lilac... I was just kind of pushing, just like that was just what my body told me to do. And then her head was coming out. And then 
I mean, I remember, like, being like, I'm going to push her out now, and, like, pushing, and, like, her head coming out. But, I guess what I'm saying is, with Emerald, I remember with her head, there was a point where I remember I felt like I was, like, up against a brick wall. Like, I needed to push harder to get her out, and it was, like, it seemed like it was beyond what was going to be possible, and I had, like, pushed through it. I didn't feel that way about Lilac's head, mm-hmm. but I felt that way about her shoulders. Mm-hmm. Like, when I... In the moment when her head was out but her shoulders weren't, it felt, like, impossibly difficult to get her shoulders out. Like, they felt like they were, like, really wedged in there. And then mm-hmm. I had to, like, make that conscious effort to be, like, I am going to make this happen. Mm-hmm. In a different sort of focused way than I did with... Hmm. Yeah. Well, next time, like you said before... We're not. We're just gonna have to plan on giving birth at home next time, right? Well, I mean, I did ask my doctor about this. I was like, so when someone gives birth this fast, if they're having like another kid, you know, like I presume they can't like plan on making. Do you just like get a tent and like live in the hospital parking lot or whatever? And they said that they often suggest people do like a planned induction Mm. before the birth. Just to like avoid this happening once this has happened, but I probably wouldn't do that. So I think next time we will have to have a home birth. But honestly, I would rather have a home but birth anyway next time. I mean, before I as think, long as you know everything medically checks out and we have a way to like call for help if we need it. Well, I, bef- mean, I mean, because before we, I think, didn't do a home birth. You know, because with our son, you know, we needed to have the C section, and that's obviously not something that you do in the home. Um, and then I think with the V-back, it just seemed... This is a new thing. We want to make sure we get it right. Yeah, it seemed riskier. It's harder to find a provider. You don't know if it's going to work. Yeah, you don't know if it's going to work. There's a higher chance of transferring to the hospital. It's harder to find a provider who will do a home birth for a V-back. I think once you've had two successful V-backs, it's probably easier. Because then they, you yeah. can do it and do it again. Yeah, because I mean, I think a responsible midwife doesn't want to take on a case necessarily where they think there's a high probability it's going to go terribly mm-hmm. wrong. Like they're like, I think a good midwife is going to tell you if they think you'd be better off going, you know, to the hospital or whatever. Not that I'm saying that it, you shouldn't try to do a first be back at home. I'm just saying I feel like it's harder to find. You know, it's more of a gamble for the midwife. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like now we're less of a gamble because we've had two very successful. I mean, even though Emerald's delivery in the hospital was harder in a lot of ways and took longer. It was still a very successful delivery. Mm-hmm. And there weren't any, like, big complications or anything. And then, obviously, this went amazingly well. They did tell me that, generally, the faster deliveries don't have complications. I assume because, like, the delivery happens so fast because everything in your body and the baby's body, like, lined up right, you know? Yeah, I mean, she just came right out. Didn't have any problems, it seemed like. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, after this, I would actually really want to do a home birth. But like I said, I would want to have someone there for, you know, medical, whatever. And also, you know, I would have liked to have sterilized the tub. (laughs) (laughs) We needed so many more towels and blankets. Oh, yeah. We had no no clue. Although, we've acquired several emergency blankets they left behind. So... (laughs) Really if there's any kind of disaster or if, if we have any need for kind of a rough woven cotton blanket exactly it's really, you know. <laughs> but yeah I'm just I'm amazed that happened I'm just still yeah surprised yeah I'm surprised I'm shocked well I like this again yes she did 
can't wait to see what else she has to surprise us with. It's interesting. I think you thought people would be more surprised about her name, but I actually think people are less surprised about her name than Emerald. Really? Because I think that both names are perfectly fine names for a person to be. I think so too, but I feel like people are always shocked when we tell them Emerald's name. They don't think it's like a real name. People, everyone seems to be like less surprised about Lilac. They're just like, oh, Lilac, okay. But I feel like they're both like, they're both real things in the world. And they're both things that humans have been named. In you yeah. know maybe not in We're large not, no, not in large numbers but throughout history human beings yeah. have been named things. they sound like names yes <laughs> <laughs> I agree it's not like Elon Musk's ridiculous idea so you said that his this is a son or a daughter is named Ash but it's the symbol it's the A E smashed together and then the middle part so it's like the rune like, yeah. But apparently, or the or no, it's not a rune. There's another name for it. The, oh, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. I'm very upset. But um, apparently, it might not be legal in California because it's. It's not probably like not because character. No, something. it's probably not because I remember at one point when we were considering a name with an umlaut, and then I found out that in Indiana you can't have an umlaut or something. I think it's because they have to be able to type your name on official forms yes. using keyboards and like using regular type, keyboards, not special keyboards. The one most people have imported like, don't have to. Like, yeah. So legally, are they gonna have to name him something else? Like, I don't know. They're just gonna end up naming him Ash, like spelled the right way. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Ash. It's <laughs> very upsetting. But my like is sleepable. She is very sleepy. I mean, because we usually have put her to bed by now, so yeah. we've kept her up late. I mean, kept up is not the right word because she's sleeping in my arms instead of in her bassinet. But <laughs> she is powered into like. I think a deep phase of sleep, mm-hmm. but hopefully she'll sleep well tonight. Hopefully it won't be like a milk drinking festival night long, like it was the other night. Oh, and by the other night you mean several several nights of the past couple of weeks. Yes. Yes. I feel like some nights she sleeps really well, mm-hmm. and other nights it's just like a strange milk drinking festival all night long. And I can't quite figure out if there's anything that I'm doing differently to like influence it or if it's just that some nights she's hungrier because she's growing more she's just i think she's on a growth spurt i can tell she's spilling out yeah she is right now i can tell she's like i mean she looks real good doesn't she look like more filled in like her skin and like her i do think yeah i think her flesh is filling in nicely i mean she wasn't like super thin before but she was little now she's like slightly chunkier. No, I'm I'm noticing a little more chunk, but I like that. She's, I like when I like when babies get more chunky because they feel more of substantial. Yeah. <laughs> like they can advocate for their own safety a little better. I think her clothes are hanging on her body slightly less billowy than they were before. She was so tiny inside them before. Well, she was kind of scrunched up still, so it's like she's started to like expand. She's a yeah, more. she's like stretching her legs and stuff out more. It's, I always feel like it's really sad when their legs get sucked up inside their sleepers. Was Cap, the one that, like... His legs were folded. Yeah. And they would, like, always go up by his head. He was so crunched. I know. He was very badly crunched he was inside badly of me. badly crunched. He made it out. I'm glad he made it out safely. But, yeah, she was, I think, a little less crunched than he was. No, I think she was absolutely not crunched, because apparently she just was able to just fly right out when the time came. Yeah. Like, I don't think he would have done well in a vaginal birthing situation. Mm-hmm. She, on the other hand... She gets high marks. A plus. Well, that's my cue.
Join the Rob Burgess Show mailing list. Go to tinyletter.com forward slash the Rob Burgess Show and type in your email address. Then respond to the automatic message. Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review everywhere the podcast is available, including iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, RSS, and now Spotify. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. If you have something to say, record a voice memo on your smartphone and send it to therobburgessshow at gmail.com. Include voice memo in the subject line of the email. Also, if you want to call or text the show for any reason, the number is 317-674-3547. Until next time.